Karthik and Dan Hoops, where ball is always life. I'm your host, Karthik, here with a special guest, our buddy, executive producer, Kush Sodia, stepping in for Nitin today on our over-unders pod to kick off the 22-23 NBA season. So, Kush, what's good, man? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you know, this is my favorite time of year. Uh, over-unders is the thing that I have done pretty well in the last couple of years, um, despite not necessarily being the smartest of the three of us uh, when it comes to basketball. But yeah, glad to be here, man. Don't undersell it, dude. You went, okay, just for the record, for everyone who's listening, Kush last year went 21-9. and nine. Um, Nithin went 14-16, and 16, and I went 13-17. and 17. So both Nithin and I finished you know, below 500. Kush out here looking like the Boston Celtics last season, just a dominant performance. And he did the same thing the year before. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was also something like just way above 500 where Nitin and I once again flirting around that 500 mark. So what's the secret, man? Because clearly what we're doing, recording the pod every week, um, watching these games, none of it's working. You know, I, I, thank you for that. I think that part of it is that you and Nitin are way too deep into this. I feel like you guys uh, spend a lot of time analyzing first, te- first team, second team, third teams of every roster and kind of predicting some crazy jumps for some second team guy that you guys watched. Uh, whereas for me, it's a lot of shooting from the hip. Like I said, I think last year when I did this, I was uh, traveling in Germany. So I was basically just uh, top of my head. All right, this seems high. This seems low. Uh, I don't really like this guy. I don't really like this city. Um, and it's worked well for me the last couple of years. I'm worried that maybe this year there's going to be a reversion for the mean. So I'm not going to be too smug. Maybe if we had done this three months ago, I would have been a bit more smug. Yeah, now now we're in your head. You've had too much time to think about it. You're you're filling in some big shoes here too with Nithin um, not on the pod today. So let's get to it, man. But before we get to it, but but let me turn the question on you. Actually, okay. So you what you've been doing the last two years obviously hasn't worked. So have you changed anything about how you prepare for the over unders this year compared to those previous years? That's a great question. I did. So a couple of days ago, I went through my over-unders and just made immediate gut picks. And I was like, you know what? The only thing I'm really paying attention to is rough number of same equal number of overs and unders. I slept on it one night, thought about it, and then went back and, and, and tried changing everything. Then I was like, let me get more scientific with it. I plotted out each of team's wins, made sure they all totaled up to 1230, which is the total number of wins and losses in an NBA season, if you add up all the teams. And I made it super mathematical. I changing things at the last minute. So to answer your question, I tried and then just went back to like <laughs> over engineering the whole damn thing. So man, you started out so well. I was like, if these are all gut picks, you, you should keep your gut picks. I don't know if you have a copy of it, but you should keep that somewhere so that we get to the end of the season, we can compare the two. I should. I, I have a rough sense of what I originally wanted and then what I changed, but man, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but let's not bury the lead here. I mean, we are recording this on opening night. We made our picks before opening night, but you are a Boston Celtics fan, you know, um, diehard Celtics fan, and they just had a whopping of an opener against the, the Philadelphia 76ers. So any any comments? Because this is a good start for you, considering all the bullshit that happened over the offseason, which we can get to. But how does it feel at least? Want to know? Convincing win. Things look good for now. 
Yeah, look, today was today was really good. I I'm in I have this group chat with my my buddies from BU and it's a funny chat to be a part of because half of us are like positive vibe only guys and then half of us are like the world is ending guys. And so going in today, we knew that no matter what happened, there was going to be a massive overreaction one way or the other. Um, but the Celtics look good. I mean, offensively, just so nice. Brogdon fit in incredibly well. I think we were all hoping that would be the case, and he looked really good. Um, managed to handle and beat pretty well for a team that really struggled uh, with having big guys out there, especially with Robert Williams out. So I'm feeling good. You know, the Sixers, I think, are going to be really good this year, so it's a nice win. Um, Tatum and Brown look like they've taken it up a notch this year already. Uh, so yeah, I'm feeling really good. Uh, we can get into the off season, but yeah, one and zero, I'll take it. Statement win to start. Tatum putting you know putting together a masterful game. Uh, yeah, man. Well, we'll get to the Boston Celtics in short order. So the way we're going to do this is let's dive right into over unders. We took uh, over-unders for all Eastern Conference, Western Conference teams. We're going to go through Eastern Conference first, then the West, each giving our prediction for where the team's going to fall this season. And Nithin, we will also give Nithin's picks. He submitted them. He can't join, but uh, obviously we're, we're keen on seeing where he lands in all this as well. So let's kick it off with the Atlanta Hawks. Now, Atlanta... Last year, somewhat of a disappointing season after the year before where they, they lost to the Sixers deep into the playoffs. Or sorry, they beat the Sixers deep into the playoffs, um, but then eventually lost. They finished last year 43-39. This year, their win total is at 45.5. So I'll give this one to you first, Kush. Over or under 45.5 for Atlanta? So I went under on the Hawks. I think this line is is probably right around where they'll end up. Like I could see them going over or under by a game or two, but I actually think last year's Hawks are more indicative of where they are as a team than the year before. Um, and so I think 43, 44, that's kind of where they are. I know they added DeJounte, um, who's a nice piece, but I, I suspect they'll take a bit of time for him and Trey to settle into playing together. They're both very high usage guys. And so I think that'll take some time for them to get used to playing with each other. I think uh, the East is strong this year, so I'm going to go under on that, but a soft under. I'm also going under, you know, the comment you made about the assimilating both of them into the lineup, given that they're high usage, I think spot on. It's going to take them a while. Um, and this is a team that they got better a little bit defensively. You know, they were the fifth worst defensive team last season. They got better defensively this offseason. Um, but they did sacrifice some shooting. So Kevin Herter is gone. Gallinari is gone. And so that offense that used to, you know, just put up points in, in buckets is going to struggle a little bit, especially early on. And Bogdanovich, his injury, I don't know what his timeline looks like and when he's going to come back. So this is not a crazy high number, but I also like them to be slightly under um, just given how good the East is this year. And Nitin on this one also went under. So this is all of us starting off on the same page, three unders. And this one is not is oh yeah, forgot to mention. We have each three locks in the West and three locks in the East. So Kush, tell me when you've got a lock, but this one I'm guessing is not one of your locks. No. I don't know if I if I should should be happy when I have the same pick as you two. 
right, take yeah, that man. Out, this, this is that regression to the mean. This is that regression <laughs> to the mean. It's happening been listen, in real time. Been listening to too much thick and thin. I'm starting to think like you guys. <laughs> That's what happens. You know. That, you know what's funny about that? Like, um, you listen to Bill Simmons. Yeah. Right? I listen to a ton of Bill Simmons, and we make fun of Bill Simmons all the time. And I feel like I don't agree with him. But I also do think that a lot of the way I think about things now is using some of the things, some of the the frameworks he puts in place. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like as much as I pretend that I'm, I know better and he says a lot of ridiculous things, I feel like I do think a lot like him <laughs> for many things. Um, yeah, you know, even things like the Ewing theory, which is something he talked about 20 years ago. Those concepts still stick with you and you still use them in the kind of everyday analysis. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason he's the best to ever do it, right? Like, he has found a way to get people to keep listening to him, even though so many people that listen to him think they're smarter than him in whatever he's talking about. But, you know, he's he's the best to sort of distill things into a way that makes sense to everybody. And they might sound a bit stupid, and he's, he knows what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, we definitely – I definitely find myself – coming up with the same rationales for things that he would, um, which, but he is also not a great, I don't know how good he is on over-unders every year, but. He actually, his over-unders are pretty good. I, I remember seeing on Reddit that he does pretty well in those, but in general, his gambling record is, is horrible. But anyways, moving on to the Boston Celtics. So now Boston, of course, NBA finals last year, um, up in the finals, looked like they could upend the Warriors. Ended up losing Ime Odoka with all the controversy this offseason. Not the head coach anymore, or at least suspended for the season. Probably not going to be back. Um, and a lot of turmoil uh, surrounding this team in the offseason with, with that coaching change. Then there was the, the Jalen Brown saga where he was discussed in trades for Kevin Durant. All that being said, this team is back just as strong as ever. 53.5 is the total. The record last year is 51.31. And I'm going to actually go under on Boston. Now, the reason I'm going under, uh, look, I'll tell you what I like. I like the Malcolm Brogdon edition. We saw it pay off right away in game one. I am worried about the coaching. uh, And I think while the, the roster's talented, there's still so much that needs to be done from a substitution, from uh, a minutes management, how they handled the fact that Robert Williams, you know, how they handled those big minutes. Um, they did fine against Embiid this game, but that's going to be something challenging for the whole season for Joe Mazzulla. And he's not had that coaching experience. And this is a really tough spot to be in. So I think there's going to be some games on the schedule that just become schedule losses, you know, some bad coaching uh, decisions. And I also think there's some underlying noise about the Jalen Brown contract situation. You know, it started creeping up because he was discussing these trade for, for Durant. I'm not sure if, if that is going to cause kind of any tension, if that is something that he's going to be playing towards and he kind of takes things on his own. There's a lot of noise surrounding this team that makes me go slightly under. And the fact that they have to rely on Al Horford still so much, in the regular season, I just don't see him at this age holding up for the whole season. So with all that said, I think I'll go under by one or two wins. All right. All right. Fair enough. Before I, before I get to my pick, I mean, I think let, we should talk a little bit about 
how insane the last 12 months as a Celtics fan for Celtics fans has been, right? We went into last season. I don't know if you remember, but going into last season, there was quite a lot of negativity around the team. I mean, Ime Doka, no one really knew what to expect. Um, I think the over-under was sort of mid-40s. Uh, I can tell you from within, like, the Celtics fan base, everyone was not feeling great about the team, uh, kind of underperformed in the playoffs, just overall not so happy. Started off really slow, um, with 500 for a while, pretty bad through December, and then just turned it on in the second half of the season. Best team in the league, you know, leading into the playoffs. Things were super exciting. Then almost, you know, got to the Miami Heat series. Favorites should have won. Jimmy Butler almost makes that three to probably be one of the worst losses in at least Celtics playoff history. Then go to play the Warriors, underdogs again, 2-1 up. And I remember after game three is sort of just the happiest, you know, moments for, for so many people. I was like, are we really going to do this? I can't believe we're going to do this. And then the collapse, you know, Draymond turns it on, Curry turns it on, uh, Jalen Brown kind of, and Jason Tatum just kind of go into a shell. But then going to the offseason, things are looking good. You know, team will come back hungry. Uh, Brogdon comes in. Gallo comes in. Pretty nice offseason. Things are going, looking up. Then the Jalen Brown trade rumors. Things look bad again. And then finally the Emi Udoka um, controversy towards the end of the, the offseason, which leaves everything super confusing going into the season. It's really hard to tell what's going to happen. Um, and on top of that, Will Hardy going to the Utah Jazz. So the guy who would have been our coach, and I think if he had been our coach, probably there'd be a ton of people out there saying, hey, we're looking all right. He goes to the Jazz, and now we have Joe Mazzula, who's a complete unknown entity right now. All that to be said, I'm going to go over on the Celtics. Um, and this isn't a reaction to game one. This I had this locked in before, but I think they're going to be super hungry and angry after the finals last season. I mean, I can just see the headlines, let's say 10 months from now, if they do make a deep run, let's say they even win, that, hey, we were pissed off after the finals last year and we and nobody believed in us. I think I saw them eighth or ninth on a power ranking um, yesterday. Nobody believed in us this season. I think in lieu of Ime Adoka, I think Brown, Tatum, Smart, Al, these guys are leaders. Like they are proper, like, Leaders, smart is basically a coach on the floor. And I could see them, you know, defensively incredibly strong. So I could see them hitting the over here. It's not going to be a lock, but I could definitely see them hitting the over and just being a team that has a ton of experience in winning coming out of last year um, and being extremely hungry. So I'm going to take the over on this one. And sorry for that sort of two and a half minute rant, but I needed to get it out there. No, it's great. And, you know, that's a good point that this is a veteran team and veteran teams Typically, when they fall just short, they respond really well um, the next season, uh, given that, you know, no major injury concerns, things like that. And and the coaching thing, while it, it matters, because they're such a, you know, a tight-knit group, they've played for, a lot of the cores played for a couple seasons together now. This, this is not something completely brand new that they really need that coaching uh, to help them get through the season. I see a lot of positive signs. The biggest concern for me is just that the East is so much better. And um, I just think a lot of those wins they were able to get uh, late in the season last year, not going to happen this year. And so just a numbers game, I have them up in, you know, as one of the top seeds, but falling slightly short. Yeah. I I do think, I think size is going to be a problem. I think that's, I think you were right to say that, but 
we should also, I mean, we'll get to this with some of the other guys, some of the other teams, but there are going to be a lot of teams tanking this year. And so I could see the, the gap, like there are going to be a lot of teams at the top that are going to get a lot of easy wins. So I, I think those wins at the end of the season might still be there for them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. There, it, It's going to be a lot of wins at the top, a lot of losses at the bottom. There's going to be a kind of a gap maybe in the middle. Um, we'll see. No one knows how it's going to yeah. play out, but I could see that. Nithin also went over. So two overs oh. there. I'm the only under. We'll see how that goes. All right. Next, Brooklyn Nets. So Brooklyn uh, finished 44-38 last year, bounced in the first round, of course, swept by the Celtics, uh, although the games were close. Their win total is now 51.5, seven and a half games higher. They bring uh, a healthy Ben Simmons, healthy both physically and mentally, presumably. Um, Kyrie, you know, they've added a couple of other guys, Royce O'Neal. Markeith Morris, and and they're kind of reloading for another run this year. So where do you land on Brooklyn? Uh, this this could be a, before I get into it. I love how every time you and Nathan talk about the Celtics sweeping the Nets, you have to caveat that oh, but all the games are really close. That's just me being salty. But to be you, fair, Nathan usually brings that up. Yeah, and he's not here, so I guess you had to. Um, no, I, I'm. This is this could be a really dumb pick. I'm gonna take the over. Uh, I, I, I don't know with this team. I'm I'm not sure. I could see them making this pick look really dumb. But look, they won 44 games last year, and Kyrie did not play in road games. And you can, you know, we can assume that was not he wasn't really fitting in with the team during the home games either. So I think 44 wins last year. Another eight wins this year seems possible, especially with Kyrie playing every game or however many he plays. Um, and I'm going to go on the side of Ben Simmons is going to give them something that will be better than what they got last year out of that position. All right. All right. I like it. I mean, look, I, I really struggled with this one on paper. They're going to be primed for a good season. Ben Simmons in the, you know, in the preseason, people still made fun of his shooting, but defensively, and the playmaking, like you saw why he was so good, why he was an all-NBA talent. I just think the number of negative possibilities still outweigh the positive. The way number of things that can go wrong. And so once again, it becomes a math problem. It becomes like this expected value thing where if 60% of the scenarios are, are bad and 40% are good, I, I'm leaning on the under, and I went under. Um, I do think they're going to be really good this season, but this is also a team that ultimately – they're going to have confidence in what they can do in the playoffs, no matter if they're the third seed or the sixth seed. So there may be situations where they manage an injury pretty tightly. You know, they don't push Kevin Durant too hard. Um, you know, some of these other older guys on the team may not play a full season. So it, it may shake out that they're a 49, 50 win team and fall short of the under. So I just want to go under because of the potential of this blowing up for whatever reason. Um, and that always looming. Yeah. Not to mention that if they start out slow, uh, we know Durant has no love for Steve Nash as a coach, so we could easily see them give up on the coach until he gets fired. There's a ton of these other, I already hate my pick actually. Uh, (laughs) See, that's the thing. All those things are like underlying, right? So the moment they face any adversity, like all this stuff all of a sudden matters again. Like right now it doesn't matter that he wanted Steve Nash gone and Sean Marks gone, but 
it that stuff creeps up again. It's it's similar to we'll get to the Warriors, but you know how the Draymond stuff it's always simmering under the surface, uh, even though things yeah. look rosy. Um, More with so, the Lakers rather than the Warriors, I would say. But we have the Lakers. We already know is going to be a train wreck. That's you know. Um, but the Nets, you know, Nitin also goes over on this one. Um, so you both are on the same. For the first three, and I differ with you both on the last two. Yeah, we're in lockstep, me and Nathan. All right, next is Charlotte Hornets. So the Hornets, um, they were a 43-win team last year, got killed in the play-in. Their total wins is 34.5. They bring back a lot of the same. You know, they have Gordon Hayward, LaMelo, Kelly Oubre, Miles Bridges obviously had the domestic violence uh, issue uh, where, so I don't know if he's going to return to the team, but where do you, oh no, this one I go first, right? Yeah. I'm going under on the Hornets and I'm locking this under. And it's actually bold because they're already nine wins. This is already eight and a half wins lower than their record last year. They're bringing back a lot of the same, same pieces outside of Bridges. I don't like anything I'm seeing with this team. James Booknight also just got DWI. Um, he's been having some legal issues. LaMelo Ball is injured. He's got this ankle injury. I don't know how long that's going to affect him. Gordon Hayward, I can never trust his health. And the rest of this roster, they haven't improved it any, like substantially at all. They made a coaching change. They brought in Steve Clifford, but I actually liked... Borrego is a coach, and I, I don't know if Steve Clifford is going to really shake things up that much. And if this team is smart, they'll end up tanking. I don't know if they are because the way I think Jordan likes to just push for the play and keep them competitive. But they immediately become a, a, a team that can easily fall apart early on and then just end up tanking for Vic. So under, lock it in. I think they're going to be terrible. Yeah, I'm with you on every single part of what you just said. Under, lock for me. I would have taken the under at 30 and a half on this team. I think they're going to be really, really awful. And um, I think the LaMelo ankle sprain could be like, I think it could be worse than than what they're saying. And the reason I say this is because I have him on, I just drafted him for a ton of money on my fantasy team. And now (laughs) I feel like my fantasy season is basically over already. Yeah, so you're paying attention closely. (laughs) <laughs> to how that yeah. shakes out. Um, so the Hornets, we both go under. Uh, so did you lock that, you said? Yeah, that's a lock for me as well. You locked it. I locked it. Nathan also went under. Did not lock it, but this is one that all of us are yeah. pretty solidly on. All right. Next, Chicago Bulls. Um, our city. Our former city. High town. Shy town They finished 46-36 last year. Somewhat of a disappointing finish given how hot they started the season. But their over-under is only 41.5 this year. Um, once again, very similar roster construction. Uh, Levine, DeRozan, Booch, the, the core, Caruso, Ball. Where do you have them on 34.5? Or sorry, on 41.5. Yeah, so we're coming up to a couple of good lines here. I think this is one that I I went back and forth on a little bit. I'm, I'm taking the over. Um, I think 
the reason it's obviously at 41.5 is that Alonzo's out. So, you know, they're accounting for that going down from 40, you know, 46 wins down to 41 or 42. But I like the team. I think they're, I think they'll be okay without Alonzo. I, you know, DeRozan, Levine, they got a good amount of scores there. I think like they have players like Caruso who are just fighters. So I think this team will do well. I don't see them dropping five or six wins from last season. Um, I sneaky kind of like the Dragic ad. I don't know like whether that's just me, but I kind of like that for them. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he always sort of has an impact wherever he goes. So I'll take the over here, but a soft over. Interesting. I do like the Dragic ad for them. I think that's, you know, this team has veterans. This team is not a, and they've got some, a blend of youth too. Um, but I am going under on the Bulls. Uh, I think DeRozan, look, he's he's done this kind of magic trick now. In the last couple of seasons, he's been just lights out. I think at some point, the age, everything's going to catch up. The Lonzo Ball injury scares me. You know, they he had that recent interview where he talked about he can't even walk upstairs. He's like, everyday yeah. things in life are challenging. He sounds like this 80-year-old, 90-year-old kind of just person who just the joints are failing him i i'm worried and he played such a big role for them last year um this team struggled mightily defensively down the stretch with caruso out with ball out and i i just i don't see them being good enough offensively to make up for some of those defensive um or the deficiencies there and i'm going under uh i think they're going to disappoint and completely you know they're a playing team, so under for me. And Nitin went over. So once again, you are you and Nitin are on every pick together. This Take that not, for what you will. This is not a good sign. Hey, it could be Nitin is, is up to his game this year too, right? It could work. Maybe well. he's got more gut feel, and you know that's why we're more in lockstep this year. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, moving on to Cleveland. So Cleveland, this is a team everyone's excited to watch this year added Donovan Mitchell. They finished 44, 38 last year. Their over under is 47 and a half. So three and a half wins. How do you feel about the Cavs? I'm going to go over, and this is a really high number. And this is probably the, one of the toughest ones. I just love the Donovan Mitchell signing. And I think for a team like the Cavs where, you know, their biggest issue last year in the playoffs was the offensive stagnation that would happen. Darius Garland, as good of a player as he is, is not a guy who can generate one-on-one late in the shot clock. Donovan Mitchell solves all those problems. And his defensive limitations, just like in Utah, you have Jarrett Allen, you have uh, Evan Mobley to kind of funnel teams into and that's going to make up for a lot of those defensive um, gaps, you know, in Mitchell's game. I also think Evan Mobley, as good as he was last year, offensively, he still left a lot to be desired. I think he was sometimes passive. I think he's got the tools to be a much better offensive player. It's it's a lot of competition at the top of the East. Um, so 47 and a half is a very high number, but I like it. I like the the makeup of this team. So I went over. Yeah, I, I struggled with this one a lot, and um, I'll be very honest that I didn't watch a ton of Cleveland last year. 
Um, when their games are on early morning here, things uh, you got to make decisions, and the Cavs were never top of my list. But I, you know, I respect what they did. I, I'm going to go under, and I think this is a bet on two things. One, it's a bet on the fact that the top of the East is going to be super strong. Um, and I think, I think Cleveland overperformed last year. So I don't see this as comparing 47 and a half to 44 last year. I actually think they were probably closer to, let's say, a, a 500 team, right? So I think this is another seven, eight wins that you're attributing to Donovan Mitchell coming in. Um, they did lose Colin Sexton. And I just think it's, I just think, so, so one thing, I think the top of the East is going to be very strong. So I think 48 wins is a big ask. And I think Mitchell will take some time to adjust. Uh, this is a, you know, this is a new team for him. He is a, a ball dominant guy. He's played, he's played a singular way his entire career in the NBA, right? He hasn't changed the way he's played um, at all in the years that he's been in Utah. He hasn't had to adjust really. So I think he's in a new system, new city, playing with new players. I think it's going to take a little bit of time to adjust. Uh, so I'm going to go slight under on this. I don't love it, but I'll go slight under. Yeah, this one's tough. Uh, the more I think about it, 48 is a lot to ask of a young team. They definitely did overachieve last year. But you know what? I'm, I'm sticking with it. And Nitin, guess what he went? What did I went under? He went under. He went under. He also went under. So you're both on the Cavs as well. All right. Moving along, Detroit. Um, the Detroit Pistons, 23-59 and 59 last year. They're expected to jump six and a half wins. 29.5 is the total. They um, they signed Marvin Bagley the offseason. Uh, they got Jaden Ivey, who there's a lot of hype around. Where do you land on the Pistons with 29 and a half? Another really good line, um, but I'm going to I'm going to take the over. I really like this team. Uh, I think they're going to be I think they're going to be sneaky good. I could see them being the the Cleveland Cavs of this year, you know, the team that comes in with pretty low expectations and just kind of with their young guys, everyone steps up a level. I think Cade's going to have a breakout season. Uh, we already saw some of it last year. You know, there was, I think people who watched a lot of basketball were like, this guy Cade is unbelievable. I think this is the year when the rest of, you know, the viewership gets to see that as well. I think Jaden Ivey will be good. Um, Marvin Bagley. I mean, you know more about him than I do, but, I think the team is going to be good. I think 30 wins is not a crazy ask for them. And I could see them being just one of those super frisky teams that wins games that they shouldn't win and then beats up on a couple of the bad teams as well. Interesting. I'm taking the exact opposite stance. <laughs> I love, love, love the under. Lock it in. Oh, man. Now, this is a big one. I don't see where the wins. So I like a lot of the pieces. I think they're exciting, but I still think it's another year before it all comes together. Ivy is raw. He's going to get a lot of playing time this season. He is still really raw. Um, don't, don't think he has the right habits yet. His shooting is going to be inefficient. And as good as Kate has been last year, I, I think this team is still another year away. I like the pieces. I just don't think it's going to happen this year. And Bagley, I don't even want to get started on Bagley. I, he's he got a I don't know how he finessed that contract out of Detroit. Did not deserve it. He is not does not play winning basketball. Empty stats, empty everything. No defense. The more he plays on the floor, the more I'm confident in this under. So I'm locking the under. 
And I think this is the first wow. one we actually massively disagree on. Because, yeah. Yeah. And Nithin is also under and locking the under. So now that makes I, you feel I worse love, about this. I love my pick now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. I love my pick. So we both have this as our lock under. Um, and the first time I think Nithin's gone against you so far. So. You guys are rooting for like Cade and Ivy to not have a fun season. That's just a, not a fun thing to root against. There's yeah, that's true. I'm I'm also look. I also a little bitter as a Kings fan because <laughs> there's the whole Ivy versus Keegan debate between Pistons and Kings fans. Pistons also think that they can rehabilitate Bagley that we didn't do him justice, while our Kings fans feel the opposite. So. It's, you know, there's some tension between the fan bases that I, I will admit is uh, slightly biasing me. All right. Indiana. Uh, Indiana, 25-57 last year. They're now 23.5. They traded Sabonis. They got Halliburton. That was the big move. Um, where do you have them? I'm excited to see how your Kings fandom affects your pick here, but I'm going to take them under, and I'm going to lock it. I think this team is the worst team in the East. They are, and they're going to be the worst by a good margin. I mean, even if you look at their over-under, the next one is four higher than them. And if we look historically um, at, at the worst teams in the East, just look at who finishes the last in the East for the last five, six seasons. They're usually between 19 to 21 wins. And so I'm going to go, because I think they're the worst team in the East, and they'll have the worst record, I'm going to go the under on this one. Um, yeah, I just don't. I just don't think they're. I just don't think that roster is really good enough, and I do think that they're prime candidates to tank for Victor. So, I think you know they're gonna they're gonna be Halliburton is gonna be shut down pretty quickly this season, and probably Buddy Heald as well. I agree. I'm on the under as well. Um, their plan looks like they. I mean, this is not a roster they plan to build around. They've got pieces. They've got Halliburton. Benedict Matherin was a great pick. You know, he played really well in summer league. Um, but let's be honest, if Halliburton's the best player on your team, you're not getting far. And Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, they're just waiting for that call from LA, you know, when they're desperate enough to, yeah. to pull the Westbrook trade. Um, and you're right, this is this is a candidate for the worst team in the East. They have no incentive to win this season. So 23 and a half seems hard when they're literally their roster is going to be deplete of talent and they just they should be tanking so on this one nithin went over so we're both under nithin went over he likes halliburton he's a big halliburton guy my face i don't know but he went over on that one i really i mean i'm curious to hear what his rationale is for going over maybe next week when you have him on the pod you should ask him about that because um, other than just being like he loves Halliburton and thinks he's amazing, like what does what does Indiana get by getting twenty five wins? Like that's just it's just dumb for them to do that when there's you know two or three teams out west that are going to be at twenty two, twenty one, twenty wins. Like it just doesn't make sense for the organization to win twenty five or twenty six games. See, that's the thing. Like even though I went under in Detroit, like I could see the ceiling for that Detroit team as currently constructed much higher. You know, it could be in the 30s. Yeah. This Indiana sure. team has no such ceiling. Because uh, Halliburton, like, as good as he is, he's not care. He's not a, you know, he's a complimentary player. He's not a guy who's the number 
one 1A, even 1B option on, on a winning team. Remind me again how you feel about the, the bonus trade. I don't actually, I don't remember. This isn't me being facetious. I actually don't remember how you feel I hated about it, it when it happened. I hated it when okay. it happened. I love Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I slowly started to understand why it made sense. Um, call it copium or whatever you want to, you know, but it's, I really do think that Sabonis is a player that fits better with Fox, fits better with what we're trying to do, still young. So I'm okay moving off of Halliburton because Halliburton and Fox wasn't going to work and no one was going to take Fox. So if you have to, you know, shake things up, that was the best way to do it. Fair enough. All right. Miami Heat, um, 53 and 29 last year. 49 and a half this year. So three and a half wins less. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. As you mentioned, they um, dramatic loss to the Celtics. They are 49.5. I'm actually going to go under. And this is purely because this is an aging team. And not only that, this is a team that's locked themselves into... A lot of contracts that make it difficult for them to even do anything at the trade deadline, shake things up when it's not working. They gave Tyler Hero that big contract. They've already got Duncan Robinson locked into a big contract. Um, I really think they overachieved a bit last year. Uh, and this year, you know, with the injury concerns, with the age, I just don't see them hitting 50 wins. I think they're going to be solid. I think they'll be feisty in the playoffs. But... I and, and the other thing I'm disappointed with is, is Bam. Like I, I think Bam to me every year I'm expecting him to make this big leap offensively, and kind of carry that offense on some nights. And it's still really the Jimmy Butler show. And I think if Jimmy Butler misses time and Lowry's going to miss time, and I, it, this roster is just not good enough to me to to get back to the level it was last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think everything you said is right. They overperformed last year. I'm under on this one as well. They're, uh, they're aging out. I don't. I think this team is pretty much... I don't see this team as currently constructed ever getting back to where they were last year. I think that Jimmy shot would have been sort of, you know, taking them to the finals. I don't think they'll ever get back there um, with the team as it currently is. So a question for you. You went over on the Cavs. You went under on the Heat. You, so you think the Cavs are going to have a better record than the Heat this season? I do. And like I said, I don't feel great about that that Cavs one. It's murky for me. But yes, I do. In my rankings, I have them slotted above Miami. Because those two teams are kind of interestingly not... There's some of it... There's some similarities there, right? You got the Butler, Mitchell, you got Bad, Mobley. Like, it's an interesting... Like, those two are, are very similar. I, I think that's right. I think... And so it's a curious one to see which who will finish higher out of the two of them. I think the Cavs are probably not going to have been at the beginning of the season, but um, one's creaky yeah. and one's full of young guns. You know, I'm just betting on the creaky one to start falling apart. So yeah, that's but the main difference. I, but you're right. I, at what point do we like I, Miami? I feel like as an organization doesn't get you know the respect that it deserves for like every year or whatever, you know, rebuilding teams, outperforming what people expect of them. You know, I think we talk, and maybe you guys do a little bit, but we talk about the Spurs being this incredible organization, but Miami, you know, 
deserve some of that love as well. I'm going under, but still, I think, you know, we, they, they deserve some, some respect for that because what they achieved last year was pretty impressive. They do. And we do this every year. I mean, Spo is just such a fantastic coach and it's even in some ways more impressive than San Antonio because it doesn't feel like they're ever smart with their, the, like they reward all their guys. They pay all their guys. They hand out these massive contracts and still somehow to be, you know, manage to be competitive. It's not like they've got a bunch of like gems and, un, you know, undrafted guys. They do have some of those, but they, they pay a lot. They reward their free agents and they still stay competitive. It's actually pretty remarkable. Yeah. Watching being on, uh, be, watching that Celtics heat series last uh, playoffs was one of the most frustrating experiences of fandom in my life. It just, we just, I was like, why, how is it possible that this is going to seven? How is it possible that this is not a five, a four, one win? And then hard in mouth with that final shot. Um, yeah. Scary, but got to give them respect for that. Yep. You do. All right. Let's go to Milwaukee. Oh, actually, no, before I go to Milwaukee, Nithin went under. So all three of us under, no locks, but we're all on the same page. All right, Milwaukee, 52.5 is their total. They went 51-31 last year. This is a team that only got to the Eastern Conference semifinals last year, um, lost to the Celtics, uh, and but they're still bringing back a lot of the same cast of characters. Where do you land on Milwaukee? Yeah, so I'm I'm going over on the Bucks. I think they're a team that I mean now they've been together for a while. Um, they win a ton of games every year. I don't think Giannis has it in him to be able to coast or let's say even manage games and take games off and stuff. So I don't see a situation where they say, "Look, we need to manage people's minutes or manage games. Let's not. We don't need to go for the fifty wins or whatever." So I think they're going to go over. Um, last year, yeah, Eastern Conference semifinals, but even I'll admit, you know, Middleton getting injured <laughs> played a big factor in that. So having him back, um, I think this team's going to go super deep. Uh, I think Giannis is going to have another incredible season. So for me, two more wins than last year seems very possible. They should be a bit angry as well. So the over for me. I'm going over as well. The anger, you're right. This is a team championship hangover, not that their team can take it easy. With Giannis, but it, it's always hard the year after you win a championship. But this yeah. this is a, a unit that's going to come back hungrier because of that. Brooke Lopez being back is huge for the regular season standpoint. Like they took a big dip defensively as a team last year, really middle of the pack defensive team where you know typically they're much better. Um, and they added Joe Ingles, who he's coming off an ACL injury, but he's a nice little piece for them. And yeah, I that. think, you know, he's a guy who's got a lack of, uh, he lacks foot speed on the perimeter, but the reason he worked in Utah once again is because you had interior defense. You could compensate for some of that. Same thing with, with Giannis and Brooke Lopez. You can, you can keep him out for significant stretches of the game and he'll give you an offensive boost. Just a smart player will fit well in that offense. I like that a lot. Yeah. So to me, agree with you. They hit. I mean, it's just hard last year with after coming off a championship. They'll rebound with a few more wins um, this year. 
do you think Giannis can win MVP this year? Um, you know, he's he's been putting up monster numbers. He won two already, right? Um, do you think he'll win it or is a, a top candidate to win it this year again? Yeah, I mean, I think he could definitely win it. I think he it'll be uh, <clears throat> it'll be him or Embiid, I guess, is the other one that you know people aren't thrown off by how much he tried to uh, market for it last year. But I think two years of Jokic means that now people have kind of gotten over the Giannis thing a little bit in terms of like, hey, I'm not going to vote for him because he won those two. But I think he could definitely win it, um, and I I think he will, to be honest. Um, I actually think he will win the MVP this year. So I yeah, I think Embiid still, but I bring it up because his stats have been insane last couple of years. Yeah. But it's the fatigue. And now after Jokic two years, I think he's primed to be leading that race again. So I um he's incredible, man. And if he wins a third MVP and this team's like it's just it's unreal um what he's done so far in his career. All right. Nitin went over on Milwaukee as well. So this one, we're all on the over. Next, New York Knicks, uh, 37-45 last year, 38.5. So modest increase this year in their win total. They were a lottery team, struggled a lot after they had a pretty good season the year before. I am going over. Uh, I actually think that last year... The Knicks team, this Knicks team is somewhere in between two years ago where they overachieved and last year where they significantly underachieved and everything went wrong in terms of Julius Randle completely falling off a cliff. And and defensively, they weren't the same as they were the previous year under Tibbs. And I think adding Jalen Brunson, that's the big story here. Uh, that just, that offensive boost is what they, they need. Their team that finished 22nd in offense last year. He's a steady hand. He can kind of, Instead of having Julius Randle take some of those late shot clock shots where he's forcing it and going one-on-one, I trust Jalen Brunson a lot more to do that. And you know, I, I just think that Tibbs is a guy who the team has maybe an off year, but he'll get them back to playing defense and being just competitive enough to crawl into that 39-40 win range. I um, still think they're a playing team at best, but I'm going over. Yeah, uh, very, very slight over for me as well. I didn't really know what to do with this one um, because I personally, like Jalen Brunson, obviously a big addition. I don't know that he's as good maybe or will be as impactful um, as maybe they, the Knicks would want him to be, especially with you know the contract that they gave him. But Another two wins from last year, I could see it. I think you're right that they probably underperformed last year, so their actual, what they should have got was probably a little bit higher. Um, but Because I actually don't know who's... So, like, is Brunson the number one option on this team, or is Randall number one and he's number two? That's a good question that they need to figure out. Because <laughs> um, I don't think Brunson can be a number one option, I guess, is my... Like, I think, you know, I think he, he flashed it a bit when Luca was out, but I actually think that was not who he really is. And I don't think that's what you can expect from him over a season. So for me, it comes down to how well they like manage Randall and Brunson. um, Who's kind of the top dog there. Um, But I could see them getting to being a 500 team. I guess I could see that. It's tough. It's tough with everyone in the East. 
Brunson, you're right. He's not the number one guy, but I just think adding him to this roster, which, you know, you've got Randall, you've got RJ Barrett had took a, took a step forward last year and you've got enough guys quickly top in Fournier who can contribute that 500 is not crazy to ask for, especially because they have a high floor defensively. So, but I don't feel great about it. And Nathan also went over. So this is another one, all three of us on the overs, but no locks. Nathan and I are like, I don't know how many we've done so far, but we like, I think we've had two different ones, but uh, yeah. Well, maybe the West will be different. We'll see. We'll see. Orlando Magic, 2260 last year, 27 and a half this year. Um, the biggest uh, no, uh, news around Orlando is the getting Paulo Banquero, who's looked amazing so far. Uh, where do you land on the Magic? Uh, so I'm going under on the Magic. I think, like we talked about with, with the Pacers as well, they don't have a ton of reason to, to go and get the over here. Um, I, what, what did they do by getting 29 or 30 wins? I think six more wins from last year is a lot. Um, and I know like people love Paolo Bancaro, but he's still a rookie. Uh, he's going to take some time to get used to the league. Um, and so I think I could see them in the 24, 25 win range. So I'm going to take an under on this. And I feel pretty comfortable about that. I'm going over. I'm going over on the Magic. And the reason being, this team has been in this youth movement for what feels like a long time now, or relatively long. And Paolo is NBA ready. Franz Wagner was really good last year. Um, They still need to figure out what they have. Jonathan Isaac hasn't played in so long. They're going to finally get him back. Uh, Markel Fultz also injured all the time. He's going to be playing. And I just think that this team needs to figure out what they have in all these players. And so they're going to be trying to win. They're going to try to compete. The fact that they got Paolo makes them feel better about maybe missing out on the tankathon for Vic this year. It's like, okay, we got a number one bona fide talent. So I think this team is going to try to compete and not end up tanking and would go over maybe even hit 29-30 wins um, despite kind of never being that good for the last you know, several years. So I'm going over. Nitin is think, going under. Yeah. Oh, okay. So same but yeah, go ahead. But so, so I think every, I think every year there's like a team and, and don't fact check me on this, but there's a team that like overperforms out of the 20 win category into the 30, mid 31 category. Right. So for me this year, that's the Pistons. And I think if you're, if you're taking the, like if you're comparing teams, it's either the Magic or the Pistons that are going to be that team this year. Um, the t- you know, it's a team that's like built their young stars over a number of years. And then suddenly everything kind of clicks in, in one season. I'm banking on it being the Pistons. It could be the Magic. I could see that happening. But, um, I, but it's usually not two teams that do it. So I'm going to say it's going to be the Pistons this year and the Magic will go under. I'm glad you brought that up because that's the exact same logic I use. And yeah, I picked Orlando, you picked Detroit. That's the only difference. But there always is that team. And I know everyone wants to tank this year and it's tempting to go under on all the bottom teams. But it's just it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> One of them is just yeah. gonna end up winning more than you expect. So um but Nathan did go under, so that one I'm the only one who went over. Next, Sixers. Uh, 51 31 last year. Um, uh, their over under is 50 and a half, so half a game worse. 
And where do you land on this one? So this is how you know I made the picks before today's games because I have them as an over and I have them as a lock. Um, I think there's no reason why they should win fewer games than last season, which would already give them the over. Um, I don't like Harden. I think he's one of my bottom three favorite people in the league. But like, I have to give him the respect that it seems like he put in work in the offseason. And I think Harden, when he's trying, is still a pretty damn good player. Um, so I think with Harden and B, Maxi, you've got a pretty solid top three. I think this team's going to beat up on bad teams like crazy this year. I think they're going to have, I think they're going to, I think they're going to like play the good teams hard. And I think we saw today that they might fall short against the best teams in, in the league. But I think these guys are going to beat up on the small teams. I think you'll have games where Harder just dominates, games where MB just dominates. And then um, Maxi looked good today when they started using him. He actually looked good. I mean, I don't know what they were doing in the first. I don't know what they were doing the first half. They barely got him the ball, but when he started using him, he looked good. So, for me, the over and the lock on this one. Give me the over. Give me the lock yes. as well. Look, I mean, it's it's absurd to me that this is fifteen and a half. Like, I get the potential concerns. Is Embiid maybe not going to stay as healthy? Harden, what's he looking like? But it's so hard to justify this team being worse. And Harden, look, I know you don't like him. A lot of people don't. I don't like Harden necessarily, but the fact that I'm relatively apathetic means that I'm like the biggest supporter in the world because everyone hates him. So in comparison, I look like a a big (laughs) Harden guy. I'm buying everything that he said. Like, I'm buying that he's healthier. Am I buying he's returning the Houston form? No. But I do think that, um, and this is also pre what he did tonight. Tonight, help validate that is he does have that burst in them. And as a regular season team, not as a postseason team, as a regular season team, they are still going to be good enough. And, and Maxi is really the, the key to unlocking everything because if he continues to on this trajectory, he's that third star. And then Tobias Harris, if he's your fourth guy, if Thibault's your fifth guy, sixth guy, that's a really good roster. Uh, they got Anthony Melton. Like this is, this team, there's no excuse for them not finishing the number one or number two seed in the East. Yeah, I don't know if you saw today. Harden crossed over two Celtics that fell over. Um, like I remember, you remember that highlight from a few seasons ago where he like knocked that over, stares him down, and then drains the three. He did that twice today, but he missed the three. So he, I was so yeah, happy. Missed- <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, dude, please don't make this. Um, it was like I thought he missed both of them, thankfully. But you know, he's got. I know just. You know, and I think, yeah, you know, I, I think there's probably something to say about him adapting to the new rules as well, right? It probably took him a season to figure out. Like last season, you saw him a lot of just like flailing around and they, he wasn't getting the calls. I'm sure he's worked in the off season on how to like work around that now. And he's probably found a different way to cheat. We'll see, man, because I... I feel like he always reverts. Like a lot of these guys, they always resort to their bad habits, right? It's like couple games, you'll see it. Okay, they're not doing the same thing. They're actually trying to play different. Harden's one of those guys, I feel like, he'll always resort to that just, you know, rip-through move, the step-backs. And if it doesn't work for him, he's kind of neutralized. So I hope it's different because I'm rooting for the Sixers. I'm rooting for Harden, but I'll believe it when I see it. All right, Toronto. Oh, sorry. Sixers also for Nitin over Locke. 
So this is great. Unanimous lock on the over for all three of us. You know how boring this podcast would have been if you couldn't make it and it was me and Nitin? Oh, it would have been worse. <laughs> it would have it would have just been like, yeah, cool. I agree. I agree. I agree. And then probably be done in 10 minutes. Yeah. We're, we actually, both of us at least, differ on a good number of them so far. All right. Uh, Toronto Raptors, 48 and 34 last year. Massively overachieving given what their projections were. 46 and a half this year. One and a half games lower. Um, where do you stand on the Raptors? Uh, so I have them over, and uh, this is just a bet on. I think the second half of last year, Siakam came came on a little bit. I think he struggled the first half, but he actually found something in the second half. I think he's going to be really good. Nick Nurse is an incredible coach, um, and I just think it's a little bit of just like the system works there, and it's a system that I think can get to like a ton of wins. I think of them a lot, like a little bit like the Spurs in the sense of like. They, they will probably overperform every year, whatever the expectation is. And so I'll see them going over again. I don't love that. It seems like a lot of people love the over on the Raptors, um, which, you know, always worries me. But uh, yeah, I'll take the over here. I'm also going over their well-oiled machine. Uh, just a lot, the length. Everyone talked about, you know, the Raptors length last year. But it really is something else, man. They, I think they were the second. They forced the second most turnovers. Um, they've got the longest wingspan of any starting lineup, something ridiculous. And I just think it's a team that is just built to win in the regular season. And there's no hopes for them in the postseason as currently constructed unless Scotty Barnes becomes a star star, which he could. Um, yeah. But you can pencil them in for, for 46, 47 wins. I agree, though. A lot of people are on the over. That makes me work. Because it's it's one thing when no one's predicting them to do well and they surpass expectations, but everyone now thinks that the Raptors are going to be good. It's, yeah, a little dicey. And guess what? Nitin put over as well. So we're all on the over. And I know him and I are going to be on the same for the last pick. All right. Well, this is the Washington Wizards 35-47 35-47 last year, 35 and a half um, this year. They added Porzingis last year, uh, added Barden, Will Barden in the offseason, brings back Beal. Much of the same for the most part. Uh, where do you land? Or actually, I'll start with this one. I'm going over. I'm going wow. over. And it's because it's just because this team is going to try. This team is like the Kings in that they don't, care about tanking. They are fine with mediocrity. They want to be in the play-in. They finished 35 wins last year with Beal missing half the season with only a little bit of Porzingis who played well. Um, and they've got NBA caliber talent. They've got Kuzma, Morris. Like These guys are all decent players. And Porzingis played really well with them last year. Um, this one's going to bite me in the ass. I just know it. But I, I like the depth. I think they can creep up into 36-37, and I'm going over on the over. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I did. I kind of <clears> – <throat> I think they'll be close to the line. Um, but I got to this part of my picks, and I had uh, eight overs and six unders. And so I needed one more under, basically. And so it felt like there's no better place to put it than on the Washington Wizards. 
Um, I don't think you're ever going to feel bad taking the Wizards under. Um, most of the season, it's going to feel really good, I think. And, uh, you know, I think with Nitin's general negativity around the Wizards, it also, like, feeds into me wanting them to go under all the time. I do, I do want Porzingis to be good. He's just one of those players that I just want him to be good. I remember when he got drafted, it was so, it was like such an exciting kind of player for the league. And, you know, we've had other guys come in that have basically been similar and just better than he has been. But it was kind of the first one I remember being like, wow, here's this really strange uh, sort of build for a basketball player and coming from Europe. I, I was super excited for him. So I kind of want him to be good and, you know, get to some of the expectations we had for him. Yeah, you know, I, I still think Wembenyama, his best or the closest comp is Porzingis. Now, everyone goes all crazy when you say that because obviously yeah. he's a much better prospect. But in terms of just what was appealing about Porzingis, his size, his shooting, yeah. his fluidity as a 7'3", 7'4", whatever, right? And his rim protection. Like, he started off his career as a very good defender. And that's everything that tantalizes you about Wamanyama, obviously with much better shooting, better athleticism, everything kind of up to notch. But uh, I agree. I, I think Porzingis, and, and Porzingis isn't bad. It's just, you know, he's not the same player that we thought he could be early in his New York Knicks tenure. So this team, you know, I, I'm not excited about it. It's a team that's known to disappoint, but it's also a team that I don't think ownership loves to tank. I think they want to be competitive. And so... I'm not as worried about that piece of it. I I oh. do love I do love how your Nitin's teams are just so similar in so many ways, and it's like definitely probably I mean it's definitely the only basketball podcast out there that has a Wizards and a Kings fan leading it. Um, oh yeah, but it's it's, 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 it's super fun how similar the two of them are. But we will both have our days. Just watch um, Nitin. This made me feel immediately bad about him, but about my pick. He went under and lock. <laughs> um so you're both on yeah. the under he's locking it and i'm on the over he's just reverse jinxing his own team all right well that covers the east just a quick recap i'm not going to go through every team but my locks are the under for the hornets the under for the pistons and the over for the sixers nithin's locks are under for the Pistons, over for the Sixers, and then under for the Wizards. And yours were, don't have them right in front of me. Oh, I have the under for the Hornets, the under for the Pacers, and the over for the Sixers. All right, all right. So, you know, the takeaway from this is that you and Nithin, you're riding and dying with Nithin at this point. Um, we'll see how that turns out, but luckily we still have the West to get to. So, uh, go over to part two of this pod where we will cover all the Western conference over unders. We'll see you then.